Hi everybody and welcome back to this week's episode of B2B Nav and in this week's episode we're going to focus on the topic of CSR or Corporate Social Responsibility for those that may not be as familiar with it. Um, why are we focusing on CSR this week? It's a topic that's cropped up more and more amongst our client base in recent weeks and months since the COVID-19 um, outbreak as I think people are having time to reflect maybe on their on their CSR efforts and initiatives. Um, so I thought it'd be good to and get the guys' opinions on um, the state of CSR in B2B, um, also how that can flow through into some other areas of marketing, things like EVP and so on, um, and then um, some general hints and tips about how to approach um, CSR in the uh, ever-evolving B2B marketing landscape. So off we go. Should we start with you, John? Should I come to you to start with? So C CSR generally, I guess, what does it mean to you when you hear those three, yeah. those three letters pop up in a conversation? Um, I think... Well, obviously, it stands for corporate social responsibility. I think I always kind of have a little bit of a shudder of fear when I hear them first uttered because mm -hmm. it's very rare that an organisation understands what it really is. And I think it's almost now the equivalent of having a sustainability policy mm -hmm. five, six, seven years ago where you know, everyone greenwashed, everyone had one. They didn't quite know why they had one, but they mm -hmm. had to have one. Yeah. And people now sort of take the same approach to CSR. And you said before we started recording, you know, some people use almost mistake it for that and philanthropy and mm -hmm. kind of see philanthropy as being the easy way to accommodate a CSR policy. Yeah. And it isn't because that's just buying goodwill. Whereas mm -hmm. I suppose CSR needs to be inherent in the organization. It's almost like your day-to-day -day business needs to, run and operate with a focus on having a benefit to the community, a benefit to the wider world. So it's kind of more inherent than just planting trees or I don't know, yeah, making yeah. a you know, making a donation to a charity. That's good, but it's not true CSR. I think it's yeah, I agree with you. a few interesting points come out there. I'll try and come back to them in, in, in order of events, I guess. And one of the things that I'm noticing generally amongst CSR amongst our clients is there's confusion overlap or um well you know, wrong assumptions being made that csr is sustainability um yeah. because i've heard that being confused at several clients that we spoke about okay we've got this sustainability thing we're doing isn't isn't that our csr um and i think very much so clients and, and prospects and any listeners need to very much separate those two issues i think i think if you guys agree so for me sustainability is a an element of csr yeah um, it's one string out of a much wider bow yeah 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 but i don't think that's it so i think as you said john we've seen a lot of clients embracing sustainability of late um and whenever we're speaking about to clients about you know bdb sustain and our service offering there it's all about authenticity and csr is no different um in in terms of the, you know authentically standing behind the efforts that you're making the claims that you're making and your um social kind of as, aspects and and initiatives that you're that you're, that you're doing um what, what's your take on it ollie just off the bat in terms of csr when you hear it come up with a client what do it make you kind of think or where do you go yeah i think so much what you guys have been saying i think we've seen different uh, levels of this with different clients and prospects over the years you see some people doing it very authentically and you look at what they what they are doing at this case and you, and you see that they're genuinely trying to make a difference within either the community or or to, to the global whatever it might be but they're really genuinely 
living and breathing that as part of, I guess, one of their core beliefs um, that at least from outward looking in almost looks to be transcending, let's try and make money to also mm-hmm. including where we care and we're trying to make a difference. Mm-hmm. And picking, um, picking up on John's point around the philanthropy point, because I think there's a risk here with, I guess, like charitable initiatives, if I can link it to that for the meantime, to throw money at the problem. So, you know, we do, we do hear some clients saying we've got, we've got a pot of money together. It's going to be, you know, X, X thousand pounds uh, or euros. And we're going to give that to, I'll just, I'll pick UNICEF as an example for the sake of it. That's our CSR. That's our CSR done because we've given money to that cause. Is that, is that true CSR, Ollie, in your mind? Or have you come across that kind of attitude or approach or? I mean, for me, it's, it's obviously better than doing nothing, but it's, it's like the low touch, low effort version of it almost, isn't it? It's, it's, mm-hmm. not, it's not living and breathing anything. It's just saying there's a cause over there. Let's donate money to it. And then I imagine they'll talk about it and promote it. And I guess that's you know, part of PR and that's you know, what a lot of companies will do. But I don't necessarily think that's translating back to, to a bigger belief that's within the company. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, John, you hear a lot of different clients when they're talking about CSR separate their thought process into kind of the classic three P's people, planet, profit, that kind of, um, and this is echoing conversations I've had in the last week or so with clients. So very, very current in my mind, but in terms of those pillars, I think people and planet people spend a lot of time on. So planet being the more sustainable kind of considerations, people you've come across some examples in the past of true CSR initiatives, I guess, which have really struck a chord where, Maybe the people pill has been brought to life and, and championed by a client as well, haven't you? I'm thinking of the uh, the, the Wundle Indorama here. So, yeah. So, I suppose that is where you do start to look at it. So, Indorama, who you mentioned, are a really interesting case study because they they produce PET, mm-hmm. which, as you know, for people who don't know, it's polyethylene triethylate, which is <laughs> well, plastic right. bottles, yeah. essentially. So. They're all, they were, they're always under an incre- a real pressure to kind of, you know, be as kind of kind to the planet and kind of be as kind of socially responsible and aware as they can be. But what they did really cleverly was really invest in people and really kind of make it matter to the business. Mm-hmm. So rather than just, as, it, as we mentioned before, just chucking money at a charity willy nilly, what they what they've done is they've, they made it inherent to their kind of the course of their business mm-hmm. on an everyday basis, sponsoring, you know, a wide variety of things to help people to kind of bring people through. They're based in Thailand. So they've kind of, you know, there's a very wide social economic demographic there. So what they're doing is trying to put money into the lower levels of that to mm-hmm. bring people up and help people kind of evolve and develop and do better for themselves, their families, their communities, their wider kind of world. So they've really put a focus on that and that could be sponsoring people in villages to kind of go through education. That could be, you know, sponsoring art, you know, helping people with music programs, any sort of thing. And they've kind of really honed in on that as one pillar of their CSR, but they see that very much as not just throwing money at a problem away from them. They look inward to their own world. And I think that's kind of one of the things that people forget is looking from where they've come from rather than, you know, going, Oh, I'm going to go and support people. You know, it's, we'd all like to kind of, you know, have a pot of money and be able to support, you know, people orphaned by the genocide in Africa, but is that being charitable or socially responsible? 
It's whether it's also not ego driven, but like I call it fake, fake altruism. But I mean it in yeah. the sense of people saying they're doing something for the good of other people, but is it really just to clear your own conscience? Yeah. In the sense of because you've not done anything charitably, okay, we'll we'll pass a bit of money over there. Whereas I think the more the more tangible and the more direct correlation there is to the business, particularly when you are talking about large chemicals businesses, or maybe that's where they've come from, which um, when you're looking at attracting and retaining talent in the marketplace now and thinking about your proposition, does, it, does anybody in this day and age want to go and work for a large, scary chemicals company? So kind of turning, um, turning the proposition and the way you're viewed externally. Yeah. Um, but I guess that very much starts internally in the business as well. Yeah. Ollie, in the sense of you can throw money external, but I guess the, yeah. do, I mean, do, does it come from the tone at the top of an organization? Do you think? I think there's a lot of aspects to it. I think definitely that's, that's a, a key part of it. Um, because I think people will follow leaders, um, of the company. I think one of the things that I believe is that the, the person that's leading a company needs to set a vision for that company. And that's kind of what everybody else should end up following suit. So if you have a bad leader, you end up with a bad vision and you end up going down the wrong kind of path. Mm -hmm. I think an example of this, and I can't remember all the details here, but I think one example is in the US with Southwest Airlines, okay. where uh, the company just wasn't doing well at all. In every survey, they were the one of the lowest rated airlines, and they got a new CEO who, instead of um, hammering on the point they'd always shouted about, which is be nice to employees, he focused in, sorry, be nice to customers, he focused entirely on the employees. Mm -hmm. And by kind of improving that employee motivation reward, how they're treated at work, it transitioned uh, or translated to a nicer customer experience without putting any extra initiatives into, into trying to improve the customer experience specifically. Mm -hmm. So I think from that point of view, yeah, um, yeah, it's really important to focus on the employees and you will see kind of that translate into a business benefit as well. So it's worth the extra investment and, and time to do that, whether that's time or money. And in, ter in terms of John, in terms of the longevity of these things, because I think coming back to the spiky activity that you tend to see in a lot of clients and, uh, and propositions that have come up to you from a CSR perspective, is it better to have a, a, a one month plan, a one year plan, a three year plan, a five year plan? I know this is personal opinion, but I mean, what, where do you sort of stand on that in terms of? Uh, for me, for me, plan? I think a sustainable plan, no pun intended. Yeah. So like Ollie says, you know, if you are, and it's equally as important to employees as it is to the outside world, if you haven't got something that's sustainable, it becomes a bit of a token exercise, a bit of yeah. a paper tiger, doesn't it? It's like, hey, isn't it great we planted, last, last year we planted 500 trees. Yeah. What are you doing this year? Nothing. Yeah. Oh, okay. But if you can create something that's sustainable, it kind of gives people something to coalesce around and kind of feel part of yeah. and feel that like they're contributing, you know, we, yeah, particularly with, I guess the Gen Zers of the world, you know, they want to feel that they're part of something, that they belong, that they're contributing, that they're adding value. Yeah. So we're told. Yeah. So these programs should be absolutely in the DNA of the business. It's almost like it shouldn't need to be identified as CSR. It should yeah. almost just be inherent, I think. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's a big shift we've seen in the last 10, maybe 15 years. And I, I guess social media is a huge part of that, mm -hmm. is that people care a lot more about these kind of initiatives. People care a lot more about the planet. People in general are just more socially aware and more socially responsible. And you see that translating into into people's decisions about where they want to work or what kind of company they want to buy from. I know there's a, 
a UK-based survey um, where you know 88% of consumers said that they were more likely to buy from a company that supports kind of ethical activities. Mm -hmm. I think the social media point is an interesting one in the sense of, and I think linked to the social media thing is these pop-up entrepreneurs. So I think, as I call them, so in the sense of people who are self-declared entrepreneurs, who now the next line in their kind of descriptor seems to be philanthropy, philanthropists rather. Mm. So, you know, entrepreneur, disruptor, philanthropist, and you go like, okay, I didn't realize that was a job, but in the sense of that kind of profile of individual, but that isn't also helping the CSR initiative. Again, I don't think because again, having a pot of, pot of gold that you distribute like Robin Hood is probably isn't yeah. that authentic. And it's getting, again, supporting that kind of more conscious cleansing exercise that you, you tend to see a lot. But that's it. That's, easy isn't it that's the um it's very easy to open your wallet and it's a path go. of least resistance isn't it what do you do for csr we give money to them yeah i've given those people or that organization a chunk of change i'm going to go and sleep well at night and i didn't have to work to do it whereas yeah. csr is hard it's well, like anything in business it's hard to do it right whose respons who, who's responsibility is csr then in a business or who do you see as I think it's, for me, it, it's something that does need to come and be part of, the, I guess, the leadership in terms of the vision. But I also think it's something that the company and the, uh, within that, obviously, all the employees need to be brought into. I I tend to see, you tend to see a lot of steering committees, don't you? And sort of. Um, I think it can run, it run the risk, can't it, of going into those ever decreasing circles of inactivity or navel gazing. Yeah. I think Ollie's right. It has to come from the top. But then if it's the right, if that's the vision of the leadership and the business as a whole collectively then you would hope that over time the people who are attracted to that business share those goals and those values and those kind of beliefs so actually everyone kind of contributes and it becomes everyone's responsibility so does the does the csr proposition have to marry up or sit alongside or be intrinsic in the overall value proposition then would you say i know we're going a bit brand there but i mean in the sense yeah. of if it's important to the business, then yeah, absolutely. I mean, they do say, and Ollie mentioned it with Southwest Airlines, yeah. the two sides of CSR are it's important to, from a brand perspective to be recognized as a socially responsible organization. But equally, you have to be an organization that can attract and retain people who share those values. So mm. it should it be part of the EVP? Quite possibly. Oh. Maybe not in terms of spe specifics of we do this, we do that, we do the other. Yeah. But if that proposition is around, we have a belief that we can contribute back into the world through our knowledge, our expertise, our time, then yeah, mm. why wouldn't it? Because I think if you look at a company like DSM, obviously who we work with, but I think their tagline is bright science, brighter living, but then they've also got a cultural change program embedded within mm -hmm. it. And then their mission is our purpose is to create brighter lives for people, you know, and so on from yeah. there. But so I guess that's kind of weaved throughout it, which is why it is so authentic and why it seems and to And that's why it works, because so well it's them. aligned right down the spine of the brand, the business, the organisation, the people, yeah. everything. It's, it's not a bolt-on, is it? It's not a bolt-on sat on the side, which it is for a lot of businesses. It's intrinsic. You know, they've taken the, they've made the ultimate move there in that their brand proposition, like you say, is brighter lives, brighter, brighter science. And it's kind of that brighter lives. Mm. That's their DNA, isn't it? That's their mm. why. Yeah. <coughs> and that's when it becomes, like you say, authentic and believable and credible, not a bit of a, a bolt-on or a kind of an exercise in feeling better. But then I guess one of the things that I think clients struggle with, and I think it's also maybe, 
issue my bullshit bullshit opinions here but maybe something that gen z's or the younger generations also struggle with that there is the third pillar so there's people planet and profit and without the profit you can't even think about these kind of other yeah. um more um socially <coughs> responsible efforts or um of initiatives so i guess for a lot of c-suite individuals when they're thinking about a csr initiative it sounds like it's going to cost a lot of money and a lot of time and then ultimately um what's the offset of that and where does the profit come from so does it does the csr initiative result in more sales is there a tangible link there to selling more potentially potentially not um but i think when you look at the business transformation side of things that you can do with csr as well about carbon neutrality and um carbon offset and whatever it may be in terms of business processes and efficiencies and attracting and retaining talent there is there's a profit activity there's an offset. In, yeah, there's yeah, an offset, yeah isn't there? and i think that's you nailed it there with the talent side of it that's where you can't i don't think you could well, i suppose some businesses would be able to but you can't look at your csr activities as having a tangible effect on the things that you produce or the services that you deliver but yeah the people that are involved in that production the people that are involved in those services mm -hmm. you know if if you can reduce the attrition rate and the churn rate of your employees mm -hmm. that's yeah. recruitment fees that's time that's effort that's training that's retraining that's mm -hmm. loss in productivity because you haven't got someone sat in the seat you know while they're softer benefits they are connected yeah and it's something that while it's obviously not as instant to measure as um, have we got five new businesses signed with us this month it's something that can be measured in terms of let's look at trends over time look at the things that john just mentioned you know are we seeing them trending down are we seeing customer satisfactions higher and then over time are we seeing that more people uh, more clients are staying with us because of, <coughs> you know factors influenced by the csr so i think there are ways to there are ways, like you say, that, that really do help influence your bottom line, even if they're not necessarily instantly. Yeah. And I think, I think that's why CSR, if you're going to do it, you've got to do it properly. Um, and it can't be this light skimmed approach to, um, to it. And I think you are talking about getting centralized committees, steering committees, whatever you want to call it, who have to see it as a fundamental part of their role to monitor it, to track, to get KPIs set up around it. Yeah. So you can support the profitable element, which obviously should hopefully enable you to reinvest and continue to support the more the more social aspects of, of the CSR strategy. I suppose it's always a tough one, isn't it? Because it is by inherently a more qualitatively measured activity for a business. Mm -hmm. It's yeah. not that it doesn't have that quantitative black and white. I can put numbers on this. It, you're kind of ending up in the world of NPS scores, aren't you? And that kind of blurrier recognition. Yeah, I think you are, and I think, but I think even if I think back over the last five or six years, um, we've seen sustainability become more of a measurable thing um, beyond just being a concept that people were chatting around a few years ago. As sustainability now, people are, you know, there are numbers that can support it, there are gradings, there are companies like EcoBardis that can kind of tell you on a scale of other companies how sustainable you, 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 your efforts are and you are. Um, and I wonder whether CSR will go in a similar direction yeah it's funny you should say that one of the things when we were i was doing like a bit of background on this is mm. that i the iso international yep. standards office they there is a accreditation for csr it's oh. very catchily named iso twenty six thousand. one of my favorites yeah yeah um but it, it won't give you 
a grading for it. It's a set of guidance. So you can look it up. You can go on the ISO site and you can look at it. And it's there as a framework for people who want to kind of operate in a more kind of corporately, socially responsible way. Okay. And you can kind of start to use it as kind of a start point. And it was, it's quite an interesting read. Uh, like anything, you know, it's not quantifiable, but it's kind of, it does sort of set up, okay, here's a, a kind of a base level to kind of think about and look at. I guess, I guess finally, bringing this back to marketing before we close out, CSR is going well at a business. You've got your initiatives. How does that weave into the marketing mix then in terms of, can you shout about it? Is it bad taste to shout about it and kind of amplify it? Because ultimately that is more for you rather than the cause itself potentially. What's, what's your thoughts on that? Is it I brand it, versus product? Sorry, go on, Ali. I was just going to say, I guess it, to some extent, it depends on your flavour of CSR in terms of what's been the focus. Mm. Uh, personally, I don't see any problem with being proud about what you've achieved. Yeah, I, no, not at all. I think you've got to be, I think you have to be mindful, though. You can't, I, I don't think it works if you're as crass as trying to link your CSR efforts to a product or a specific service that you're kind of line item you're trying to sell but yeah so actually you know there's not absolutely with ollie on this you know nothing wrong with making people aware that you are actually kind of putting back into the, and the I, agree. I, community. I, I, I agree i'm just playing devil's advocate because i suppose across the clients and across prospects and other companies that we work with and research on certainly particularly at the minute around covid you've seen an awful lot of posts. It went from the Zoom posts to, you know, we're all having team meetings with multiple faces on the screen. And then it seemed to move towards, well, we're providing so many face masks and so many chemicals, detergents, sanitizers, whatever it is. And that seems to be the trend that's gone down now. So I just wondered whether, how that had been received by people, whether people just going through it because it's just noise. Yeah. Or but whether... that's, that's kind of very specific to now, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, but companies that I... have never done anything previously. Yeah. But everyone's yeah. doing the same thing, and that's where yeah. it lo- kind of loses its impact. Yeah. Whereas yeah. you'll see the ones that kind of come through this the other side are still going to be, you know, committed to sponsoring, you know, children out of poverty. They're still going to be committed to making sure that the people who are at the bottom of their supply chain mm. are being paid a fair wage and being treated fairly and aren't under that kind of slave labor. <laughs> or child labour or, you know, unreasonable conditions. I'll, I'll throw another point here, which is related to, I guess, some of the conversations we've had around um, around uh, mental health and things, things like that, which is that the more we talk about these things, the more they become the normal. So if a company yeah. is talking about how it's caring for employees, it's not going to be an instant shift worldwide or within their industry, but the more they're emphasising it, the more people want to work for them, the more people are likely to emulate them and the better the world should become over yeah. time. So I don't think there's a problem with it. Like you say, I think there's a, a way to do it and, and not, not come across as too crass or, or like you're just saying, we've donated to that thing over there, so will you come and buy from us now? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, agreed. And do, you think, do you think the post, post-pandemic world, I'm trying not to say new normal, we're already, we are in the new normal, um, but in the sense of, do you think this whole event will encourage people to think more from a socially responsible point of view? Because I think you're seeing more community spirit, you're seeing more I hope so. at a local level. I wonder whether, you know, even, even the companies that have spiked maybe their efforts to support this, mm. maybe, maybe you'll see that carrying through, maybe. I'd, I'd like to think so. Mm. 
I think that can't say any more than that. I think, and but it has to. I think that has to come from within, doesn't it? It can't be a mandated. We will be corporately funded. I think it just it happens. It comes. Uh, I wonder whether it'll be a bit of a sense check for a lot of businesses. Maybe that it's not been high on their agenda, and you will see more businesses thinking about supporting local communities and causes and giving back a bit more and looking after the vulnerable, which certainly is a theme that's yeah. really been brought to but the I forefront, I would say, during this. So. That comes back to your point when you mentioned employee value propositions. Yeah. I think people will be looking... So you're right, you know, hopefully everyone's kind of felt this like local, like very micro level of kind of more community spirit, looking at, you know, going down the road, making sure kind of vulnerable people are okay at the moment they've got food whatever sure i reckon people are going to start looking for employers that emulate that because they're going to want to kind of feel part of that and that's going to become really important i think you will see i think a lot of employee value propositions and a lot of employer branding Mm. will change and will need to change in the next six to 12 months because people the way people are looking for things is changing and what people are looking for is changing i think that's an interesting point and i think that i think there's a good chance that people will start looking for it more especially because that's not sugarcoat yet there's been plenty of companies that have done the right thing at the moment and trying to support people there's also been lots of companies that haven't been as supportive as they should have been cutting ties with people that they in some cases could have followed if you're in the UK um, yeah. and of yeah. making short decisions rather than looking thinking about the long-term benefit to employees. Mm-hmm. I think there'll be a bit of a shift towards what com- what people expect from their company almost. And it, it just shows, I suppose it will reveal to a lot of people what their companies really like and yeah. uh, will probably make them think twice about who they want to work for in the future. Yeah, no, I think definitely. I think, yeah, I think that definitely will be a trend and certainly there's no, there'll be no coming back from it either because it's all so public, isn't it? So if you've cut half your workforce or cut wages or whatever and you know, the, the directors have made no effort to do similar, then I would imagine, yeah, it's not going to be received very well. I mean, it'd be interesting. I mean, it's a very UK-based example, but I'll be really interested to see how Weatherspoons comes out of this. <laughs> yeah. You know, literally, what was it? Day one of the lockdown, entire wow. workforce laid off, not even furloughed, mm. laid off, gone. Yeah. No, it's, um, there's, there's been a lot of knee-jerk reactions done, certainly during uh, what I think has been now um, termed panic week, that first week when everybody just went, oh my God, the wheels are coming off, what do we do? Um, and then slowly move from panicking to planning, I suppose, of trying to more strategic decisions. But a lot, a lot of businesses in the first few weeks and a lot that we know about made some really rash decisions. They might be the right decisions. You know, you yeah. don't, I don't know. I don't know their but their then, business models, but my lord, from an external perspective, they didn't they didn't sit very well, did they? So, no. I guess fa- final question I had on my list here in relation to um, the CSR initiatives. Do you th- do you think it matters whether you support local or whether I'm thinking about you know large European clients and large global clients that we work with? Is it more important to to reinvest and support local initiatives, or do you think the the larger, big global players that have a more appealing or re- renowned badge, so to speak, um, to put on your website is is more important? Where, where personal opinion again, I guess. But where do you guys stand on that local versus global? Totally personal opinion. I think it depends on the business and mm-hmm. your <coughs> your CSR, whatever you want to call it, should reflect your presence yeah so mm-hmm. if your geography is local then it should be local if it's national yeah, yeah. national uh, regional regional 
global, yeah. global, and kind yeah. of maybe mirror mirror your position in the world as to what you think you can and should affect. Yeah, I agree with that as well. I guess the only caveat potentially for me is, you know, depending on the nature of your business, even if you're if you have a footprint in, let's say, the UK, but there's something that you are working on or doing that's very pertinent to Africa in particular. So let's say you're a pharmaceutical company, and obviously there's relevance there to having a strong CSR program that's influencing that area too. In, in general, I would say it makes sense uh, to be local from a point of view of that's where you're based, that's where you're from, that's supporting your local community, however local that might be, and helping people get jobs and so on. Great. All right. Thanks very much, guys. Well, that was a really useful, interesting conversation. Very, very opinion-led this week, and I think that's because the world of CSR, as it stands for most businesses at the minute, is certainly self-regulated. So it's up to the individuals and the leaders of businesses to decide how and what they do from a CSR perspective, which obviously makes the topic that, that bit more subjective, I guess. Um, so yeah, thanks very much, guys. Um, feel free to check out b2bknowledge.com, our online ungated content hub to help our clients' prospects and contacts navigate the ever-evolving B2B marketing landscape. So um, thanks very much, and we will see you next week. Thanks a lot. Cheers. Bye. Bye-bye.